I'm Robin Linden, and this is Eat the Rind, a podcast devoted to the world of artisan cheese and the things that go with it. Learn more online at eattherind.tumblr.com. On a busy Saturday afternoon, I went to visit Mary Quick, second-generation cheesemaker of Quick's traditional cheese. Mary was kind enough to not only show me the dairy where the cheeses are made, but also the various maturing rooms and the farm itself. We started the tour in the shop the family runs on the farm, where we tasted the various cheeses that Mary and her team make. The tour ended in the most incredible flower garden I have ever seen. When her parents stopped farming and cheese-making full-time, they planted this stunning collection of flowers that seems to go on forever. My time with Mary ended with us sitting in a field full of cows with a view of rolling green pastures, where she shared her passion about the cycle of the cheese-making process, growing the grass that the cows eat, all the way to using the whey from the cheese-making process that goes back into the grass. But first, I asked her about the history of her family's farm. So tell me, how long has, has the Quick family had this? The Quick family, we've been here since about the 1540s. Um, so that's 14 generations away from me. So not that long you've just arrived? Really. No, you just really arrived. <laughs> uh, hopefully I the farming thing works out for you. Hopefully the farming thing works out. I think it's about double the time since the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> putting me right in my place. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just, um, it's nuts, isn't it? It is. It is nuts. Well, it's nuts that the thing that's, from a modern perspective, what's nuts is how many generations kept the interest and have maintained it. You know, you hear so many stories in mm. France in particular about people, just farms just completely being empty because... Yeah everyone leaves to go make their fortune in the city and nobody yeah. wants to do it anymore, and yet you've man- maintained this for 14 generations. Well, and I guess that's, that's the whole deal about the, you know, the primogeniture thing, mm-hmm. which to modernise just looks crazy, but that's how you keep one block of land in one place. Oh, you can see some other girls. Do you see yep, just yep. over there mm-hmm. on that bit? So we keep the, the, we keep the calves and the heifers in, you know, the, the spring-born girls from last year and the year before and and they're over there and uh, yeah I, I, actually I'm not quite sure who those are yeah I think those are autumn born so there, has there always been a dairy farm then that whole time uh, yeah as far as I know as far as I know I mean um, there was things like there was mining for manganese in the 17th and 18th centuries mm-hmm. and down on the farm we know there was a leather worker at one point and then you know different people turn up bit, different bits of history but there would always have been, if you like, where we were, where we make the cheese is called home farm, because that would have been, uh, you know, traditionally the, uh, the 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 big house would have would have had a farm where there was a dairy herd and that, you know made made your milk. And yeah. one of the things that makes your farm unique is that you do everything from growing the feed mm. for the cows all the way through to the cheese and then the w- using growing the, the girls here yeah, to exactly to you know we've thought about their breeding as far as their um you know the the breeding to get the right milk for the cheese and the right milk for the cheese is partly the breed and partly they these girls have got to be good good graziers so they've got to be hardy enough to be fine grazing out you know early, you know from february through till christmas 
And when did the cheese making start then? Well, yeah. the cheese making, if you like, this time around, my mum set up the cheese making in 1973. And where, where did she get that interest from? Well, it was actually my dad, because my dad, when he was a really little boy in the 1920s, 1930s, um, was, um, his father was told, oh, we don't want your milk today, Mr. Cook. And he, from that time, he was you know, a little young lad, decided that he wanted to make sure that at some point, because you, you can't sell milk, you can't sell a bulk tank of milk, nobody wants to buy that. But if you can make something that people want to buy, and the traditional thing to make around here is cheese, then, then whether we sold the milk or not will be up to us. Was the cheese good? Rather than, and can we sell it? Rather than, oh, I don't think we want to take your milk today. So that was his, his impetus was to make something that, that, that was our responsibility to make it. And then he was very passionate about that if we should do anything we should do, it should be world class. So then, you know, okay, well, let's make world class cheese. And then when, at the time when, at that time, dairy farming, well, that was in the 1930s, and then the Milk Marketing Board got set up, which meant that all milk was bought by law by a, this single governmental body. So, you know, farmers weren't left stuck like that. You know, they had an obligation to buy, but also sell all milk and all milk products. And so when he wanted to do that, he couldn't do that. because When he wanted to make cheese, initially he couldn't, because he had to actually buy a licence to make the cheese. Because during the war cheese making was terribly tightly controlled because that's how you fed the population was liquid milk that's why britain's very lots of liquid milk and at least initially then then there were cheddar and the seven territorial cheeses you know double gloucester and cheshire and you know wensleydale lancashire and all those cheeses and that's why we had this very limited range of hard cheeses um because it was so tightly controlled and then um after the war, it was, it, it uh, you know, things gradually started to, to change. And we bought a, well, we st it was still controlled and we bought a licence. We expressed an interest to buy a licence and that licence came through in 1973. Kind of about ten years, eight years after my father had applied for it. So he was busy off doing other stuff, like sort of agricultural politics kind of stuff. And so it was my mum. Who, had, who the, my father said, well, how are we going to set up this cheese dairy? And my mum said, okay, well, I'll do that. And although she had, she was still raising us six children. She said, I'll do that. She'd been trained as an artist, and part of her artist training was, this is a training to be able to do anything. Mm. So, okay, six kids. Now, now we're doing a cheese dairy. So she set that up. Do you know, did she go off anywhere to learn? Did she get books? Did she get advice? She got books, she got advisor, she got advised by this amazing lady, um, Katie, Miss Katie Madover, Miss Kay Madover, who was the sort of guru of all British cheese and who trained Val Bynes, who's trained almost all cheesemakers in the UK. So that's like kind of the apostolic succession of cheesemaking. <laughs> and she... She, so she, Katie, Miss Madova, designed our cheese dairy and um, trained us all and found us a cheesemaker and, and, um, and so they started making in 1973 and people said, oh, you know, well, why are you making that, you know, that traditional cloth-bound cheddar, you know, that, that's not the future. 
you know, the future's block cheese and getting bigger and bigger. And my mum and dad said, oh, well, you know, well, I think we'll just learn how to do this and see how it goes. And then, and then after a while, you know, traditional cheddar became a really, became really kind of weird and unusual, if you like. Mm. So then it was all about, all about, you know, well, let's make the best cheese we really possibly can. So that's, that's our game now, is to, is, is to do everything we can from, you know, growing the grass and, you know, having the cows graze and having the right breed of cow and making So was cheese. your mum involved in the beginning or did she set it up and then... No, she set it up and, and kind of ran it, you know, with the, with the cheese dairy manager. And, you know, and tried to sell, and, you know, and they were trying to sell the cheese. And yeah, Initially, all the cheese was sold by the milk marketing board and then they weren't selling it. You know, there were six weeks when they didn't sell any. So my dad said, OK, well, we've got to try and do this ourselves. So did the milk marketing board um, have any qualms about accepting cheeses that were class-bound since they were, at that point, most people were doing block cheddar? Um, well, they were obliged to buy. Oh. Which, having given the licence, they were obliged oh. to buy and then sell. So it was kind of, come, my dad was being a complete rebel by by going out and saying, well, you know, if you're not selling it for us, we better sell it ourselves, which is kind of broke that, if you like, was the first, one of the first chinks in that monopoly that there was. And did he just do it by setting up a shop or did he take it into London or what did he do? Uh, initially, a little sold a little bit in the shop and then we, we sold it all to a factor. I'm not quite sure what a factor mm-hmm. was, but somebody who bought all the cheese and they then sold it I think it got sold around the country to various wholesalers and so on and then quite soon um, then my my husband and I came back to the farm and and my well they employed did employ a salesman he started selling to some shops and then and then my husband and I came back to the farm and I was interested in the farming and cheese making and he was doing the cheese selling so you had left the farm at one point yeah I went went away when I was 17 and came back when I was well came back to farming when I was 27 and I went to college and came back to the farm here in 1994 1984 I beg your pardon so those 10 last years that you were away what were you up to oh, I was doing I was uh, being a student I was um, selling news pictures in Fleet Street I was doing some radio I was doing uh, I did a PhD in English literature. I yeah stuff, <laughs> mating. <laughs> then brought my unsuspecting husband back to Devon, saying, "Hey, let's do this great thing." <laughs> was that always in the back of your mind that you would come back to this? No, I had three brothers. It certainly wasn't going to be me. But then I thought, oh, I'm living in London. I really, you know, I really, you know, what am I? Yeah, I you know. I was should I be a lawyer? Should I be a journalist? Should I do this? I don't want, didn't want to do any of those things. With the PhD in English literature, what was that going to do? I was just because I didn't know what to do, mm. um, and you know, it's a more excuse to lie down in bed and read, read stuff, <laughs> uh, or you know, sit in the library and read stuff. And I thought, oh no, we're not doing stuff. There's stuff to be done. So I went. I came back home one weekend. Um, you know, with my, with my husband, because we used to come back a lot, because I so missed it. And my father was talking about this wonderful system of, you know, we grow the grass, and then we feed the cows, and the cow's milk goes to the cheese, and then the whey, which we sell, and then the whey goes... goes at that time, we had pigs that fed on the whey, and we would sell the pigs. 
and then the way would go back uh, the the way would go back with the manure and the cheese washings back onto the land to grow the grass and the crops to feed the cows to start over again to start over again and I thought that's just wonderful I want to do that can I do that dad he said well yes of course but you have to go away and learn how to do it so I went away and worked on a Cheshire cheese farm and I went to college and then and then came back here in 1984. And how did you convince your London urban husband to do that? Uh, having had that single conversation with my dad in the e- one evening, one Saturday evening, I bounced up to my my husband had already gone to bed, and he was, and I woke him. Oh, he reading or something. I said, Oh, guess what? I'm going to come back to the farm. <laughs> I'm going to learn farming and come back to the farm. Isn't this wonderful? And he went. Oh no! Um, he was not happy, Benny. I mean, Devon is full of spouses who who don't know why they're here because these Devonians come back, or you know, the people in Yorkshire. I think Yorkshire's full of these confused spouses who've returned. But I think uh, he's really happy now that. It took him a while. Mm. I mean, you know, this is how not to run... This is not a respectful way to run a marriage, but bless him, we we kind of... We did it. And he worked on the farm as well? He used to... He worked on the farm for 19 years mm. and very much, um, you know... For instance, cheese seller. We were cheese seller's first supplier. Oh, wow. When cheese seller was originally set up with Justin and Luke, and um, they'd set out to create this business and we they we were the first people they came and said well would you would you sell to us and we said yes and so that was my husband doing that i do doing that and we were one of the first of the i think pretty much the first of the farm cheeses to set out to create a you know a name for the cheese from our farm Mm. um so that's what we've we've kind of carried on carried on doing that so and, and, you know, carried on, you know, trying to be really interested in what it is. Well, what is it people want? I mean, I have the privilege of spending my time um, um, thinking about what what flavours will give most joy and mm. pleasure and how we're going to create that right the way from this beautiful landscape through to, mm-hmm, you know, I wonder, wonder if, if we, we pack it that way. You know, obviously it's great if people can eat whole cheeses, but mostly they can't. You know, mostly shops want to take cuts. Well, you know, it's that way that we can have that taste really as close as possible to what cheese cut from a whole cylinder is like. You know, so we're always playing around with different things. Is that something that you're that would have always happened, or is that something that you think you've brought to the cheese making here? The idea of always trying to play around with it. Well, I guess you know, you know, it comes I'm sure from my mum and dad who were always about you know let's what well, you know let's make this the best we can and. Um, you know, we kind of there's that notion, notion, you know, within me, and there's that notion, you know, there's that notion with within everyone in the business, really inquiring about, about, you know, because you're running this thing, you're sitting as a farmer or cheesemaker, you're sitting on top of this really complex set of natural processes that, you know, really the natural processes are doing what natural processes are doing. They're doing all the hard, the heavy lifting with it, and all you're doing is guiding it this way and guiding it that way and you know oh well let's do this let's do that let's let what what happens if we play with a little bit more starter or a little bit less starter or what happens if we do a vegetarian 
um, um, lard, l- um, solid fat on the on the outside of the cheese. Well, what, you know, what, how can we? What starters? You know, how do we get that? Ooh, that flavour. What flavour is that? Well, which flavour will work best as extra material? You know, so it's just it's all about playing and and I think that's quite an engaging thing to be working with. So. You know, I have this absolutely outstanding team of people who are always saying, hey, what happens if we do that? Mm. Everyone's so, curious. Yeah, everyone's curious. Well, it's just, you know, we're all, we're all really inspired by world-class cheese and excellence in farming because that's, you know, well, I mean, what, a, what a buzz that is. Mm. You know, to be engaged in joy and pleasure as, as your purpose and it's legal. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good Mary Quick is devoting her life to ensuring the cheese she makes is the best possible expression of the terroir of her little corner of Devon. Be sure to ask for Mary's cheeses at your local shop, and the next time you're anywhere near Exeter, stop by the farm shop and ask for a tour of the gardens. It's an experience you won't soon forget. And in the meantime, follow Mary on Twitter at Mary Quick, and check out the photos from my visit to the farm at eattherind.tumblr.com. Dot com.